from him who rained bread in the wilderness, and from him who is the bread of life. Come on, grace, mercy, and peace to each of you today. Amen. Our gospel lesson from John 6 will serve as the basis for the sermon this morning. Maybe some of you will recall the famous brand of bread that's still around today, Wonder Bread. I remember growing up in the early 70s, and uh, that was the old go-to was Wonder Bread. I was, I, it didn't matter where I go. I, I could be living in Panama when my father was stationed down there and find it on the shelves. I could go anywhere in the States, and I could always find Wonder Bread. It was a bread that I knew and was familiar with. It was the bread with which all other loaves that I came across would be compared against. Quite honestly, nothing to me at that time could stand up to wonderful Wonder Bread. But here's what made it unique. I'll give you a little history on Wonder Bread for a moment. Continental baking, way back in the day, began to market Wonder Bread as uh, the sliced form nationwide in the 1930s, making it one of the first companies to do so. This was a huge mile marker for both the industry and for the consumer for that uh, instance. I mean, the American consumer had to get over the fact um, that this was something new. It had gone against the grain, so to speak, (laughs) of what they were used to. They were worried about, okay, well, if you do this, how is the the loaf of bread not going to dry out? You're offering me sliced bread, and nobody likes stale bread, do they? Or moldy bread, for that matter. So that that was huge. Then uh, in the 1940s, Continental Baking took part in a government-sponsored program. They started to put minerals and vitamins in their bread because bread just didn't have any nutritional value back in the day. They did it to combat certain diseases. Over time, then Wonder Bread's slogan began to uh, become this, helps build stronger bodies in 12 different ways, (laughs) referring to the number of nutrients that were added to the bread. And then Wonder Bread was uh, also the first national brand uh, to stress open dating and nutritional data on its packages. So if you couldn't tell, I was hooked on Wonder Bread. (laughs) Now, in fairness, it wasn't because I was excited about nutrients and minerals in the bread. I don't know any kid that really has a value for that. But I liked the bread because it was popular. (laughs) And because, well, as an import with any kid, it tasted good. So, Wonder Bread, though, has undergone many changes over the years. It's gone slogan changes. It's undergone transfer ownership. It even stopped being produced for a number of years because the company went bankrupt. Not because of Wonder Bread itself, but because the company so diversified itself, it got away from its original bread and therefore went under. But it made a comeback because people wanted that bread. And so it's still strong today as it was all those years ago. It's the old go-to familiar bread for many people today. The bread that all other breads are compared against. You know, I find it interesting how we always fall back to what's familiar to us in life when we're confronted with something new. We always go to the old go-tos, the familiar, the tried and true methods in our lives. Doesn't mean that those methods are always the right methods. Doesn't mean that those things are always the right things for that matter. But what's important to every human being? Don't come out of our comfort levels. That's what it seems to be, right? We want to be comfortable. We want to be comfortable in life. You know, whether it's bread or a newer version of an older car, we always seem to draw comparisons with things. 
There's nothing wrong with that, except sometimes we, quite honestly, we take it to the extreme. And when we do that, then we miss out on seeing or experiencing something new. We get single-focused. We get stuck in the comfortable and familiar. And we can't move forward. In fairness, it's not just you. And it's not just me. It's collectively, as a whole, a group of people that are in those ways. Oh, and this goes all the way back to the ancient days of the Israelites. They couldn't get out of what was comfortable and familiar with them. Even as God was leading them something new in the desert, and they grumbled against God because they had pots of meat to eat back in Egypt. How often does that happen to us where we're so stuck in the, in the old and the familiar that it becomes a detriment to us? Then what happens is it corrodes our souls. It corrodes our beings, right? And we can't walk forward and do the work that God calls us to do. So not only is it bad for us, but it's bad for those we're supposed to be taking the gospel to. Perhaps that's why we tend to fall back on things, because we're comfortable and we're afraid of change. We go with what's popular and we don't understand this new thing. Part of that, though, is because we don't ask the right questions in life. We don't ask the right questions of God as it pertains to our well-being in our lives. Take these crowds today that are looking for Jesus. It was just a day or so ago that, that they had witnessed a feeding of 5,000 people. They fed on all that bread and had all those leftovers, and here now it is the day after. They go looking for Jesus and noticing that He's not there, noticing He didn't get in the boat with the disciples, they begin to wonder where He's at. So they themselves get in the boat, and they row over to the other side of Capernaum. And they're over there, and they're looking for Jesus, and they finally find Him. And now, now, now think about it, right? That's a lot of rowing. If you've put in a good day's work, you've exerted all your energy, wouldn't you be hungry? And if I had just witnessed Jesus feeding 5,000, I'd be going to ask Him for more of this bread. <laughs> but all they can do is ask Him, hey, when did you get over here? When did you get over here? Not where's the bread, but when did you get over here? Rabbi, when did you come here? Apparently, though, this is the wrong question to ask of Jesus based on Jesus' response. <laughs> truly, truly, I say to you, you're seeking me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Apparently, they didn't come seeking Jesus to acquire about signs. They wanted to fill their bellies even more. In other words, they have the wrong sense of what Christ is about. And so because the people apparently had the wrong motivation for seeking Jesus, they had a wrong concept of bread, Jesus doesn't answer their question, does He? but he redirects the conversation to a, a sense of understanding something new. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you, from on, for on Him God the Father has set His seal. I love that. You ever ask Jesus the wrong question and He redirects you? <laughs> redirects you to a sense of understanding? How many times do we have to go through that? Apparently quite often. And that's what he's doing now with these people. 
He's directing them to something new, to introduce a bread that they don't have to work for, but a bread that's a free gift. I want to point something out here. The Greek word for, for endure, minos, talks about or describes really in this setting the relationship between Jesus and his believers. The enduring, he talks about, is the Father and the Son in perpetual relationship with creation. And the bread which endures to eternal life then, as Jesus begins to point out, is not that wonder bread. It's not the loaf of bread sitting on the shelf or the, the bread they gathered off the ground. It's Jesus Himself, given by the Father for all creation. And yet, even after saying all these things, the crowd still don't understand. They don't even hear this amazing gift. They don't even inquire about the bread, but instead, ironically enough, they focus on the work. Why? Because that's what they're familiar with. It's the old go-to that they came up with. They inquire in their own ways. What must I do? What must we do to be doing the works of God? They ask. Yet again, a misguided question. <laughs> and yet again, Jesus responds not in the way that they're hoping for either. And yet again, they miss the point. Even after Jesus points out about this bread, about Himself being the bread, about that there is no strings attached. And so what do they ask? Then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? And then they go back to what's really familiar, to those stories of ancient times. Our fathers ate the man in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Seriously? You're going to ask what signs he performs when just on the other side, he took five loaves and two fish and multiplied them all and fed 5,000 people? Did you not see that over there? It's like the disciples we've been talking about the last two weeks who still don't get Jesus and who he is as he walked on water and he calms the storms. Asking the wrong questions, misguided, stuck in old ways. They focused on the wrong bread. And here, in this question, they even misunderstand where the bread even came from or who even gave it. Wasn't Moses? Wasn't anything that Moses did? It was all God. And even after Jesus points this out to them and tells them that it's the Father who gives the true bread, tells them that it's He, He Himself. That is the bread of life. They miss it, though. They miss the boat. They miss everything here. But after hearing these things, they ask that, or they, they say that, demand, Sir, give us this bread always. But my question is, what bread are they asking for? What bread do we ask for God from time to time? Do we ask Him to nourish us in a spiritual way? Are we demanding of God to meet our demands and our needs that we see fit as they are? What do we pray for when we ask in the Lord's Prayer to give us our daily bread? What's our focus? And what's their focus here? This crowd doesn't even know what they're asking. They're associating the bread with a physical bread, but the bread that Jesus gives transcends our understanding. And so the crowd falls back to what they're familiar with. They connect the bread with the stories they've heard from their ancestors. 
And you know, when I think about these things, it recalls another story in the Bible. The lady that Jesus encountered at the well, as he starts talking to her about this water, this living water. And what does she do? She asks for this water too, in abundant supply. But she had the wrong concept of what the water was. He was talking about a water that transcends physical water. But perhaps she wanted this water so she didn't have to go to that well every day to pull the physical water out. And perhaps they're asking for this bread from Jesus because they don't want to go work for the bread anymore. They don't want to have to sit here and worry about how they're going to be fed. But does Jesus not just meet our physical needs? Does Jesus not always meet our, our physical needs? He always provides. He meets our spiritual and our physical. But it's a faith thing. And too often, we're misguided in what we inquire about the Lord for. You remember Jesus talking to Nicodemus about life. Jesus wasn't talking about our earthly lives, but He was talking about a life that's beyond. And we tend to forget that life and sustenance for life isn't about just this earthly, physical journey. More importantly, it's about life beyond life. It's about saving a soul. A life redeemed by the bread of life Himself. And we tend to forget that because we're focused on the here and now. Suffered amidst all the problems that we encounter in life. Focusing on this day and perhaps the next. Grumbling against God when things change because it takes us from what's comfortable and familiar. And just look at what COVID-19 has done to us in the last 18 months. We long for the days prior to that. We long for the days of old here at Ascension when, when the pews used to be filled to great lengths and we were younger and things were better. But things change because that's life. But the Lord never changes. Things in our lives, have a, our physical lives, have an expiration date. But not the bread of life because He's not perishable. And sometimes these things are too difficult for us to understand when we're apart from God, when we're not nourishing ourselves in the nutrients of the bread of life. Look back now at this crowd. They say the right language. Sir, give us this bread always. But their understanding is wrong. Misguided questions to wrong understandings to falling back on what's familiar and comfortable lead to the perfect storm for malnutrition, for failure. Because really, in our lives as Christians, what we should be familiar with, too often, we're separated from. We should be familiar with word and sacrament. We should be familiar with in our relationship with God. That's an intimate relationship. But we find ourselves grazing in other areas, eating things that aren't good for our bodies, that take us away from that nutrition. And when we're separated, then we can't understand what life is really about. And then we fail in our responsibilities. And think about responsibility for a moment. Responsibility is the ability to respond. What are we called to do? What are the new things that Jesus is wanting to show us out there? What are the things that we need to hear? And then our sight and our hearing and our bodies start to fail us when we're not partaking of the bread. And then we're misguided. But Jesus says, I am 
the bread of life. This is a bread that has an eternal shelf life, no expiration date. It's a bread that sustains our faith in this life and prepares us for life beyond. Partaking of this living bread of life opens our eyes and our ears and our hearts. It helps us to understand the plights of others, to see new ways that Jesus continues to perform the miracles. The bread of life then helps to build not only our strong bodies, but also the body of Christ as more and more are added to. So what bread are you partaking of today? Because there's only one bread that is forever fresh and can endure all time. The bread of life that is Christ Jesus. And that's the true gift from God. Creation's bread. And to God be all the glory. Amen.